You're listening to Seattle's Master Composter Podcast. This is Episode 4, Let the Worms Do the Work, Part 2 of 2. In this half of Let the Worms Do the Work, we're going to talk about worm bins. But first, before we get into that, let's meet a couple of master composters. Hi, my name is Holly Zip, and I'm new to Seattle, and I want to be a master composter because... I think it's a really important thing to know if you're a gardener like I am. My name is Renee, and I want to be a master composter because I'm looking forward to spreading this information out into the local communities. With increased urbanization, it makes sense to kind of help people get involved in connecting to nature. And you don't feel people are connected to nature naturally in the city. Exactly. I think that, you know, within the city itself, it's also very easy to get in your car, drive to work, come home, and never really engage in a nature setting at all. Now on to the main entree, worm bins. So this is an example of a, of a worm bin that's it's easy to make with one sheet of 4x8 plywood and a few 2x4s. Always want to use untreated wood. It's got holes drilled in the bottom. And you can drill holes in the top, too, to keep good air um, circulation. Always put it up on um, some kind of bricks or old cement pieces or something. There's going to be some drainage that comes out, and it will allow it to percolate better into the soil and not ever, you know, get too gooey at the bottom. A worm bin is just a box. It sits above the ground on some kind of bricks or something. It's full of worms, and you put your food scraps in it, and the worms turn that waste into fertilizer for your garden. You don't have to worry about rats or raccoons or dogs. The lid is too heavy for them to get inside. A bear could probably get in. But we don't have bears in Seattle. Theoretically, a rat could chew through the bottom of your worm bin. That's unlikely. But if you have a rat problem, you can staple hardware cloth to the bottom of your worm bin. The red wiggler worms that, that you're going to add to your worm bin, their natural habitat is a pile of leaves, a pile of decaying leaves. They don't ever tunnel in the ground. They are considered a surface-dwelling worm. But So you're creating an ecosystem that you're going to try to mimic what they would live in. Sometimes it might dry out. If you're thinking it would dry out, you can put a few layers of newspaper just on the top, wetted, or even your cereal box you know, your cardboard, your pizza box, aha. See, you just put it, stretch it out, and it goes in the top of your worm bin. So then I find that the worms like it up there. That's where a lot of them are doing, like in those layers of newspaper. That's where they're breeding, sort of. If these people sound like they know a lot about worms, you're right. Every time you lift that lid on your worm bin, you learn something new about what worms like and what they don't like. Very important as far as where you locate your worm bin, that it not be in full sun is the worms do not like heat. You think about a pile of leaves, it's a cool, dark place. To prepare your worm bin for worms, fill the box up to the top with moist, shredded newspaper or fallen leaves, also moist. Fill a bucket full of water, you know, shred your newspaper in, in, uh, in long, thin strips, and then you just toss it in there. Everybody's got their own way. I don't squeeze, but... Because you're a leaf lady. (laughs) If you squeeze, you got to make sure you fluff before you put it in there, yeah. Once you've finished, don't add any more bedding until the worm bin's ready to harvest. 
Now you're ready to buy a few red wriggler worms from the garden store, or you can steal some from a friend's worm bin. Then every night you bury your food scraps in there. The worms will do the rest. So this bin has been working for a while, and this started out bedded all the way to the top with, with a, a combination of newspapers and leaves, shredded newspapers, everything moistened down. And then lots of food, I mean, probably hundreds of pounds of food has been added to this over the past six months. But even so, you can see that the level is settling. In this bin, before we shoveled it over to one side, it was only about half full, because it had settled down. And when your bin gets to where it's, you know, despite all the food you've been adding to it, you know, the, the worms have eaten not just the food, but the bedding itself and now that your volume is reduced to about half, then you just can move the whole contents of the bin over to one side like this, and you discontinue putting any food on this side. You re-bed this, this half, with fresh bedding. And in this, today we're gonna use newspaper, um, but you can, use, you can use all newspaper, you can use all fallen leaves, and you can use a combination. You can shred pizza boxes and put them in here. Anything that's real high in carbon is what you want to bed with, and you want to always bed to the top. That's a real important step in really you know, having a, a, a better working bin. So now one half of your worm bin is full of old material, and one half is full of new bedding. The worm bin is totally full. As you add food scraps to the new bedding, the worms will eventually migrate over to the new material. At that point, you can harvest the old material for your garden and fill the void with more bedding. Now you're back where you started. Okay, now we'll take a few questions from the audience. Maybe you said this already, but when you're first starting, do you put dirt in with it as well? No. Well, if, now I take that back, if you're going to only use newspapers, I would put some dirt in. Cup of dirt, it's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> Worms have gizzard, just like a chicken, and they need some grit to help them digest the food. If you're using leaves, when you rake those leaves, you're going to be raking dirt in with, they're going to, it's going to be oodles in there. But if you are just using newspaper or, or your newspaper ratio is much higher than your leaves, then I would, I would throw some dirt in there just for their gizzards. Okay, so unlike the compost pile, these you don't turn, right? Because don't the worms start at the bottom and they kind of eat their way up? You don't turn it. You don't want to, the, they develop their own thing in here and you don't really want to agitate them. They also have very tender skin. So like just now we moved everything over to here, but I wouldn't want to be stirring up or anything because you, you could definitely kill a bunch of worms if you, if you went and agitated it. And, and when you bed it, it's important that you, you don't want it to just be so loose in there that the, you know, the, by two weeks later it's all settled way low, but you don't want to compact it in there either. You want to make sure, you, like Fala said, you keep, keep the uh, air. This is good, because yeah. you've really wrung out this paper. It's, yeah. it's um, you know, you so there's enough air. You just kind of, I mean, they didn't really fluff it very well. They yeah. ran out of time. But, <laughs> but you got to kind of fluff it. So you put a few toilet paper rolls in there. See, yes, they yeah, didn't the do, oh, they were in a hurry. Rolls, I think that's genius. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that. Right. Um, so, uh, 
from the newspaper is not an issue? Not no, something it's to all soy-based. Yeah, all, our local papers are all, all soy-based ink. So you build your worm bin, you get your shred up your paper, you fill the whole thing up, and then you throw a couple of dirt on the top, you just sprinkle it in, and then you just bonk in your jug of worms, uh, yeah. jug of worms, yeah. and you just and you just start adding that night, you just throw on your kitchen scraps. Do you, do you concentrate it in one corner or do you spread it around? There, if you read Mary Applehoff's uh, Worms Eat My Garbage, she's like, makes it a system. So you go from this corner to this corner to this corner to this corner. You know, you work you yourself out where round. Like a, after a while you run out of corners after three. about three days, so then you're just putting it kind of wherever you want. But the... the I'll, exp I'll explain how I do mine, too, because okay, I, I do it in kind of an abbreviated Mary Applehoff mm -hmm. thing. But I have a big container so that it, it hangs on the inside of my, uh, my sink cupboard. I let it fill. I, I usually, you know, it takes at least five days for it to fill up. Mm -hmm. So I let it get full. Then I, I think of my bin, and it's this same size. It's like This is like a gridded out into eight you know, cubic feet approximately. And then I'll start in this corner and bury the food there. Then the and then I use my, my little trowel that I dig with, my little claw, and I'll set it on the lid where my next hole is so I don't forget. And then, so, cause I don't want to dig back down into the gooey food with a big ball of worms in it. So I, then I go, here's my next square foot. Then the, then the third week here or the third time, then the fourth, fifth, sixth, seven, eight. By the time I get back to nine, there's nothing left there but the bedding. It's mm -hmm. gone. And so. you can dig down. You actually move a little yeah. bit of soil away. I move the, I yeah. move the, the, the bedding all away. to Not all the way to the wooden bottom, but, mm -hmm. but I'm getting close. And I put it down there. Then I cover it. Part of keeping the fruit fly problem down in here is to make sure you're covering it and not letting it sit on the surface. How's your fruit fly factor here? Zero. Yeah, zero fruit flies. And I think keeping it out of the sun helps too. The natural habitat of the fruit fly, I think, is sunny. I was told that you can't, can't put citrus in worm bins. Is that? Myth, in my opinion. I would say if you juiced every day and you had just oodles of citrus rinds, I'd be more inclined to go at least have a green cone and, you know, so you didn't overload it with something like that. And I think the same is true with coffee grounds. I mean, you can add lots of coffee grounds and lots of filters, but I mean, if you were a, 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 a cafe owner or something and you had this huge amount, you, you could overwhelm it with that too. The lemonine in, a, in the peel. It's a substance called D-lemonine, and it's the it's what makes why they make lemon. Um, zest. No, it is the the cleaners, right? Because it's kind of an antibacterial. That's what keeps the orange good. It's that lemonine, so it's toxic to the worms if you had a lot of that. But you can zest your oranges, you, or you could scrape it away with a uh, peeling uh, peeler if you really had a lot of citrus. Um, and then you could put it in, and then the and the, your eggshells will be buffering that acidity somewhat too, the calcium in the. Yeah, I've, so I haven't had a problem. I've seen where you put like a grapefruit in there. Oh, I just yeah. as an experiment, and then to just be like a big ball of worms inside yeah. the grapefruit, mm -hmm. eating the pulp. So, 
I think you'd have to really put a lot of citrus in. I've also heard don't put banana peels in there because they have something. It's like, ah, fooey. And you probably should not put meat or dairy or fish in your worm bin. Yeah. And not because the worms, sorry, not because the worms wouldn't eat it, but because of the odor when it decomposes, you'd have more likely have rodents trying to get in your bin. And it would be more unpleasant to be digging in there yourself. Just it's strictly an odor factor that, you know, the, the, uh, those big worm farms and stuff where they have, you know, worm breed. I mean, they feed them everything, but it's just... They will eat it. It's just that it's it's just a little too stinky to do. Is that the same with the green cone? No meat and dairy. Yes, absolutely. Back to the burying. Is is that about? Is it also about how the worms function in the worm bin, or just about the fruit flies? They like it in the dark. And that's one. Well, the Falaz suggestion about putting a pizza box, a wet pizza box, or newspaper that. Keeping um, it dark in there, and sometimes, you know, cracks of light gets get in here. And in the summer, even when you have it in the shade, I mean, we have such low humidity that your top layer of bedding will dry out if you don't have something on top that helps to kind of keep that moisture from leaving. So I would recommend, no matter what, to just, you know, try to just, you know, eventually they'll eat the cardboard pizza box on there and you just put another one on. Um, but it really does help retain uh, moisture and keep it dark. You can build your worm bin out of plywood, like the one we saw today. Or you can build it out of a plastic container. Most people keep them outside, but more and more people are building small worm bins and putting them under the kitchen sink or even in the lunchrooms of office buildings. There are plenty of plans for worm bins on the Internet. I know Seattle Tilt has a few on their website. You can always call Seattle's Lawn and Garden Hotline to learn more. That number is, let's see, 206-633-0224. Well, we've reached the end of today's podcast. Over the last few episodes, you've learned a bit about home composting systems. Oh, and I forgot to credit the people who were talking about worm bins and green coats. That was Fala Jones and Emily Bishton. So thanks. But we still have a lot to discuss. So tune in next episode when we'll dig even deeper into the mysteries of your soil. For the Master Composter Podcast, I'm Joshua McNichols. (laughs) 